0: So we're going to be talking about vulnerability today. So I think this is something that's very important for us as a church. Um, so we have our, our new mission that we want to make people feel seen, safe, and known here. Uh, but I, I was having a good conversation with Wendy and Rhonda actually last week after the immersion, and uh, they brought up a really good point. They just said, you know, like we, f- we feel that we should talk about this more. What does it actually mean to be seen, safe, and known? How do we um, how can we be equipped for this? You know, um, it's easy to say, "Hey, be vulnerable with other people," but if you don't have the tools of what that looks like, it's pretty hard to know what vulnerability actually is. Um, vulnerability and authenticity, but I say mainly vulnerability. I feel like it's just not talked about enough in the church. Um, you know, there's a lot of people who are like, like probably even in here, where you're like, vulnerability, like, what's, what is the deal with that? Like, why would I do that? There's other people who probably know a lot about it, and so I wanted to kind of just dive in uh, into that, and so. Um, but you know, I, you know what I really love is I love when you ask people how they're doing and they give you a real response. I love that. I had, this, I had that this week where, um, you know, I think in our culture we just ask people sometimes, like, hey, how are you? Can you? Oh, thanks, babe. That's awesome. Um, I was having issues with my fingers here. Um, but I was asking someone this week, I'm like, hey, like, how was your week? How are you doing? And they replied to me, they're like, oh, it's just awful. Like, it's just terrible, actually. It's like the worst season of my life right now. And you're like, whoa, (laughs) like I was not ready for that answer. Um, But I think we need more of that in our culture. Um, I think as Canadians, like we're really used to just being um, passive. We're used to being like, you know, non-confrontational. And I don't really want to burden other people with how I'm feeling. That's a common lie we believe. Uh, But we need to be vulnerable uh, first with Jesus in our relationship with him. Uh, We often actually sometimes aren't as vulnerable as we think with him. Um, whether that's actually, you know, letting him love us really deeply in our hearts and really affecting change and bringing change into our lives through receiving his love in a really deep way or sharing things that maybe we feel shame about. Um, but we need to be vulnerable to Jesus and we need to be vulnerable to the people that God put um, in our lives. I'm going to move this. I feel like I'm too far away from you guys here. There we go. That's better. Um, So yeah, I want to start with a story here. Uh, I've shared this here before, but I want to go over it again, and I like telling you guys the same stories over and over. Um, So a couple years ago, I went to Mexico with my family, and uh, has anyone heard this? Can you raise your hands if you've heard this already? How many times have I shared this? I don't know. Okay, just a couple people. So long story short is basically when I was uh, 17, around there, I moved out from my parents' home, and I, um, I... graduated with my friends where I grew up um, because when I came to Christ when I was in BC I came to Christ there lost all my friends and then I had no communities and I was like on fire for God but I had no friends there it kind of sucked and so then the last half of grade 12 I moved back to Alberta and so um, you know I graduated in Alberta started working construction Um, that's where I heard about Bethel that's where I wanted to go there started saving up a bunch of money to go there Um, I went to Bethel for three years Um, and during this time period I started to feel really disconnected from my family. Um, I started to feel really distant from my mom, from my dad, from my sisters, um, and when when I was in California, I only saw my parents maybe, you know, two times a year, maybe three times a year, um, and being kind of, you know, out of high school at that time, it was really hard for me. It was really hard being so disconnected from them, um, and so, just trying to sum up the story a little, a little uh, so it's not so long, but basically... Um, yeah, I felt very disconnected from them, and I felt this. I was in this place where I started believing lies, and I could I could feel myself believing lies um, about my family that they didn't want me around, that they actually were like distancing themselves, that they liked my sister more, and just these these really they seem like petty lies, but these lies that I'm kind of believing, right? Um, and so in March, I think it was. a I guess two years ago now, uh, my family, my my dad and my mom and one of my sisters were going to Mexico, and I found out about it, and so I naturally invited myself along, and I was like, hey, can me and Katrina come? And uh, Katrina couldn't come because of some stuff, but I ended up going and surprising um, my dad and my sister there. My mom knew about it, and it was really cool. It was this beautiful time that we got to spend time together, and uh, it was very healing for my heart, but I knew that the entire process... um, that The entire process of me being there and, and relationship with him there was actually bring up things, hurts, and some lies that I was believing about a relationship. Um, and that was kind of scary because it's different when you communicate to your family, you know, hey, I'm mad at you, blah. And I think we've all done that before where you're just annoyed and you start just, you know, word vomiting on people and you're just like you're angry or whatever. It's, it's different when you do that versus, hey, this is actually how I'm feeling. This is how I'm actually being hurt and affected and these are the, like, being vulnerable, being vulnerable, being open, and so um, I remember the first morning um, at breakfast, I felt the Holy Spirit speak to me, and he's like, you are going to be completely vulnerable about every single lie that you've been believing about your relationship with your parents and with your family right now, and, like, I was like, oh, gulp, like, okay, I'm super afraid of doing that, and Uh, you know, I felt very nervous because I'm like, oh man, this is gonna be so awkward. We don't have this culture in our family where we are actually vulnerable. We usually just tell them, hey, you're doing this wrong. You're annoying me. Or this is, hey, this is wrong. Can we fix this? But not actually saying, hey, this is my heart. See me. Know me. Like, this is what's actually going on. And so I I, I opened up with my family, and it was probably one of the hardest things I've actually ever done because we just never did it. Um, And so I opened up with them and just said, listen, guys, like, I'm really hurting. Like we haven't spent like any time together. You're going on trips with my sister, and like and you're doing all this stuff, and that's great. But I just feel like you guys, like I don't feel connected with you. I feel so disconnected, and I'm like I feel like I'm just trying to fake it if I'm all happy with you guys. Like I feel a lot of pain, and like uh, and you know, as I started sharing, I started tearing up, and I started um, getting emotional. And my mom, and my dad, both started tearing up and getting emotional. Um, my sister didn't. because She's <laughs> I was gonna say she doesn't have a soul. I'm just joking. I love my sister. But she's just like, what? What's wrong with you? It was funny. But anyways, it was beautiful, though. My parents started crying, and I started crying. And it was this amazing moment where they got to speak up and say, Chris, like, we're so sorry, but you're our only son, and you're the most independent out of all of our kids. And so my parents, when they have tried to bring correction, or if they tried to help me sometimes, I'm like, you know what? I'm following God, and I I really think this is what I'm supposed to do. And I was kind of actually shutting them out of my life. Like, subconsciously, I was doing this. And I was like, oh my gosh, I did not know I was doing this. I did not know I was hurting you. Um, and in this moment, it was like a super clear moment of clarity where I realized like, oh, you actually do love me. You were just trying to love me by giving me space. And especially my mom, she's like, hey, you're married now. Like, I'm not trying to like mom you anymore. I want to be a friend. So I'm not trying to like be in your life as much. And I'm like, no mom, like I still want you in my life. I just, you know, it's different now. It was just a really beautiful moment of clarity. Um, and... But what I want to say is just, like, you know, I could have done that, like, three years prior. Instead of letting three years of, of you know, lies that I started to believe about a relationship or accusations or things in my heart built up to, against them, I could have been vulnerable, like, the, when it first started, you know? And... I think in my heart, I was so glad that I did it, but I was like, man, I wish I could have been vulnerable at first. I wish I could have been honest with him. I wish I could have actually done this at first, because that would have benefited our relationship so much more. Um, and I think we do that in our lives. I think we do that in a relationship with God, and with people in our lives, is we so often um, are not real, and sometimes we're not honest of how we're actually feeling. Um, another thing that happened to me in the last year is I had a who I was really close with and we stopped spending time together for probably about three months like I was busy they were busy and and as we were both busy and stuff you know like like again lies started to creep in like oh no they're actually not that busy you know maybe they just don't want to be friends with you anymore hey maybe um you know and it's no one in this room so don't worry friends it's all good um but you know, like, certain lies start to creep in. Like, maybe they don't like me. Maybe, you know, I don't know. Like, what's kind of going on? And you start just to make logical assumptions of why your relationship is kind of falling apart. Um, and when we met, we got to, after three months, we got to talk. And it was the same thing. It was just this really clear moment of clarity. You know, like, hey, actually, I love you. I've just been busy. These really hard things have been going on in my life that you don't know about. And it was like super simple and easy. And all those lies and all that disconnection just erased in a minute. Um, but the thing with vulnerability is it, it takes bravery, it takes work, it takes courage, actually. I think a lot of times um, we think the vulnerability um, is weakness, and it's like, you know, I don't want to be weak, and especially as men, we're like, I'm not going to be vulnerable with another guy, like, how weird is that? Like, why am I going to let them into my hearts, to my feelings? But actually, that's insecurity, and that's actually weakness. It's, it's, it's easy to say, um, yeah, I don't need to share anything with you, I don't need to be vulnerable, like, we're cool, it's all good. Like that's weakness. But strength is actually saying, no, I'm going to open my heart to you and show you what's actually going on. Can you pray for me? Like, I'm actually not doing okay. Um, you know, even just with a, a few guy friends the other night, uh, one of my friends wasn't doing well. and He just stopped. He's like, guys, I'm feeling super self-conscious about this situation. Um, and he opened his heart to us. And it was this beautiful moment just to say, man, like, I love you. I see you. I know you. Uh, like, someone who's great, Ben, he's, he's always so encouraging. He's got such an open heart of love. And, and through this open heart love, I just noticed in our relationship, like, it, it builds connection, and it builds intimacy, and it builds a real relationship. When we're open, and when we're intimate, when we're vulnerable with others, it creates authentic relationship. It's not uh, fake, or, or phony, or anything. So, that's my intro. Okay, let's cruise through this, guys. Uh, it's already 1130. I'm going to try to go as fast as I can with still making sense here. Um, so, let's just go into what is vulnerability a little more, and what is authenticity. Um, so again, often, or vulnerability is, is being open, it's being transparent, and it's being real. So it's, it, it looks like, hey, I'm actually going to be real in my relationships with people, with God, and it looks like just being real. Um, Josh, if you can put up Psalm 139, verses 23 to 24. It says here, guys, God, I invite your searching gaze into my heart. Examine me through and through. Find out everything that may be hidden within me. Put me to the test and sift through all my anxious cares. See if there's any path of pain I'm walking on and lead me back to your glorious everlasting ways, the path that brings me back to you. So from there, guys, we can say, you know, with God, we need to have a relationship with God where we can say, God, see me, know me, know the real me, Father. If there's any single path in me uh, that is leading me astray or that is actually bringing discouragement or pain to my life, uh, I I want you to lead me back to your everlasting ways, the path that brings me back to you. So vulnerability is also liberating, guys. Uh, I think I think for a lot of us, sometimes uh, we think of vulnerability um, as as almost binding. And if you if you tell somebody some things that are actually going in your heart, you're like, can I actually trust you? Um, you know, if I tell you this, are you tell other people? Are you use it against me? Um, and often vulnerability is it's a scary thing because you're opening your heart for other people to see what's actually going on. Um, and it can feel binding. It can feel like it's uh, it's scary, but really it's the most freeing thing you can do, it's the most liberating thing that you can do. Um, and we need to realize that you need to be vulnerable with people that you trust. So you c- don't just go and be vulnerable with anybody on the street. Don't just walk up to Joe on the street and just be like, hey man, I gotta tell you the worst thing that's going on in my life. <laughs> Not wise. And I would encourage you, don't open to people that you don't trust, but open up with people in your life that you love, that know you, your parents, your family, your friends. Um, and especially open up in your heart with Jesus, guys. So what is authenticity truly? I think authenticity looks like being like Christ. I think authenticity looks like the fullness of Christ being expressed through your life, and the fruit of letting God fully manifest in your life is you being transformed to who you're always born to be. Um, so often in, uh, in ministry school— <laughs> You know, when I was in first year, it's like everyone is like hyper-spiritualized. So someone, someone says, Hey, you know, someone says, Hey, have a good day, and you're like, wow, that is the word that I needed from God, like in this moment. (laughs) Or someone's like, hey, man, Psalms 139, you're like, oh my gosh, that's my calling. Thank you so much. Like, everything is so over the top, hyper-spiritualized. And then you get the second year and you realize you're like, oh, I can actually be a real person. Like I have a beating heart, I have flesh, like I can be myself and let God shine through that. Um, but then I had a lot of friends who took that to, like, the other end of the spectrum where it was, like, it, it became dangerous. Where they're, like, yo, man, I'm just super real and I'm so relatable. And they, you know, like, I, I remember having a friend look at, at the other side of the sanctuary. And he was, he was like, it's, like, he was like, swearing and calling my name and trying to be cool. And I looked at him and I was, like, what are you doing? I was, like, You're, you are so dumb, but I love you. But he was, like, I have, I have friends who were trying to be so authentic that they actually went to the other side of the spectrum where they're like, their idea of authenticity was actually um, what they thought it was. And authenticity is not what we think it is. It's not who you think you should be. It looks like the fullness of Christ being manifested through your life, that whatever you're doing, being so aware, again, of your oneness with Christ, like we talked about last week, that, you're, um, that Christ is being released through your personality, through your life, and that's what true authenticity looks like. You know, authenticity is not an idea of what we think, who we think we should be. It's, it's being who God has called us to be. Um, authenticity looks like being true to who God has called you, no matter who you're with or what situation you're in. Um, and so I see a lot of people who they have a relationship with God, and, and, and they are authentic. But, um, you know, based on who they're with, they kind of change a few things about the personality. So maybe it's, maybe it's in your workplace. It's like, you know, when I'm at church, I have a certain face on. But when I go somewhere else, I'm going to act just a little bit different. Uh, but that's not authentic and that's not what God has called us to. And one really important thing here is, is what authenticity is it, it's overcoming fear in your life because for you to actually say, I'm going to be authentically who God has called me to be, no matter what situation I'm in, no matter if I'm in front of the president or I'm in front of a homeless person or I'm with my family or with my friends, that I'm going to be authentically who God has called me to be, that takes courage, guys. Um, to be authentic and say, I'm actually going to come up, I'm going to be myself no matter what. I'm going to love everyone. I'm going to be myself no matter if people reject me or accept me. That takes courage, guys. Um, it's easy to be fake. And I did that for a long time when I was in, you know, in, in high school, being fake and having a mask and trying to get, be popular, trying to win friends. But the more that we do that, we're just cheating ourselves. And that's not the, um, the design that God has made us to be. How's everyone doing? Okay. And this isn't as, like, fun of a subject here, guys. Um, but, you know, why are we often afraid of vulnerability? Um, I think it just comes down to shame, fear, and control. And if, if you have done RTF, then you, you have a language for this. You have a language for how this works. And so um, I want you guys to kind of just imagine, I should have made a slide for this, but imagine shame here, fear here, and control. And it's like the recycling bin logo. It just keeps on going. It's the gift that keeps on giving and but <laughs> giving you bad stuff. So you know, let's just say I, I have shame that I feel like I'm not good enough. That I feel like no matter what, I'm not good enough. I don't measure up. I have shame, you know, that I'm not good enough. I have fear that yeah, I'll probably be rejected. So then I control it by actually rejecting someone. So let's just say with Lauren in my relationship. I don't feel like I'm good enough and oh I'm afraid. I fear what if she finds out so I'm actually gonna reject her before she can reject me. Or let's just say in in marriage, for example. Like, Katrina and I have crazy schedules. And there was a time where I'm like, you know what? I'm like, I feel like we're not spending enough quality time. And and this is something very small. But I'm like, man, we're not spending enough quality time. And then in my heart, I'm like, I feel shame. I'm like, man, that's so lame. (laughs) Like come on, man, like, you know you're both just busy, like, get over it, and like, yeah, that is lame. And then I have a fear of, oh, man, what if she agrees and it's actually true that it is lame, and then I try to control it by, actually, no, I'm not going to have this conversation, I'm going to avoid it, because I feel shame, I feel fear that, yeah, okay, maybe this is true, so then I control the situation by avoiding it. Do You see how that works? I work with, I work with tons of youth, um, Uh, at Youth for Christ, and you can just see this all the time where you meet, like, really amazing youth who are, like, super awesome, you love them, you're building a relationship with them, and all of a sudden they start, like, looking at you weird, they start, like, rejecting themselves, and and, and you know exactly what's happening. It's just that they've had a really traumatizing experience being rejected or believing lies about themselves. Um, And so they actually, because of that shame, they're afraid that you're going to reject them too, and so they reject themselves before you can. Um, And this plays a piece in our vulnerability, a huge piece in it, because... um, Often the only oh, the only reason you're not going to be vulnerable with your spouse or a friend is just shame, it's shame that you're not good enough, that you're not worthy, or that what you that what you want to say is kind of lame, or maybe it's petty. But those are all lies. When we're actually vulnerable, it builds connection with one another, guys. So let's just look at this scripturally quick. Uh, we have John John thirteen verses two to five. So we have Jesus here, guys, uh, washing the disciples' feet, and. Um, it says here in verse 2 in supper being ended the devil hang, or having already put into the heart of Judas Iscariot Simon's son to betray him uh, Jesus knowing that the father had given all things into his hands that he had come from God and was going to God rose from supper and laid aside his garments took a towel and girded himself after that he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples feet and wipe them with a the towel which he was girded so who here has had their feet washed before it is one of the most vulnerable things or most like intimate things ever. Okay, maybe not intimate, that's the wrong word, but it's very vulnerable. I remember I had my feet washed in uh, in this revival group that we were having and someone came and washed my feet and I'm like, man, this is, this, like, don't do that. I'm like, don't touch my feet, like, that's gross. <laughs> but when they began to wash my feet, I'm like, it's just such an, it's such an act of servanthood and it's so vulnerable and I think Jesus really mo- modeled vulnerability beautifully through his life and, um, with all of his disciples like just living in intimacy and pouring his life out for disciples, washing their feet. This is, this is actually the last night that Jesus is on earth uh, before he's crucified, um, and it's a beautiful act of love and of servanthood and something that we should model, but it's also very vulnerable. The fact that the king of the universe would come and wash their feet, and their feet were filthy at that time, um, it was vulnerable. Uh, we have Paul here. For authenticity, we have Paul. Um, 1 Corinthians 2, verse 4 here. It says, and my message and my preaching were very plain. Rather than using clever or persuasive speeches, I re- relied on the power of the Holy Spirit. And so I love this. He's like, listen, my preaching was plain. He's like, honestly, it was not a persuasive word. It wasn't like this dynamic sermon, but it was plain. But I relied on the power of the Holy Spirit. Josh, if you can go to John 13, verse 5 to 9. Um, the next, just skip over one. Yeah, there you go. Um, This is Peter, guys. I love Peter in the Bible because I think he's one of the most authentic characters in the entire Bible. He is just so real. He's so abrupt in everything that he's doing. And I love it. So it says here, um, after that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet, um, drying with a towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter who said to him, Lord, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, you do not really realize what I am doing, but later you will understand. No, said Peter, you shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered, "Unless I wash you, you have no part with me." Then Lord Simon replied, "Not just my feet, my hands and my head as well." Which I think is just so hilarious. He's like, "Jesus, are you going to wash my feet?" He's like, "Yes, I am." He's like, he's like, "No, you're not going to wash my feet." He's like, "I need to. You have no part with me." He's like, "Okay, wash all of me." <laughs> like like just so extra. Like so over the top all the time. But what I love about Peter is he's authentic. He's real. And I think, we need, I think we need more of that in our lives. We need to not think so much about what people are going to think about us, but be authentic and be real. Be who God has called us to be. Um, I want to go into a bit of why vulnerability and authenticity is so important. So we talked about what we have some scripture, but why is vulnerability so important, guys? Um, you know, I, I already have talked about some of this, but I'm going to keep going over because it's really important, guys. I think vulnerability is really important because if we, if we aren't vulnerable, then it leaves room for the enemy. Um, if you're not vulnerable in your marriage, then it leaves room for the enemy. That is just the truth. And if you're not vulnerable with your spouse, then, um, it's going to leave room for, for the enemy to bring lies, to bring accusations, to bring thoughts, um, against your spouse and lies into your relationship. Um, and especially with God, if we're not vulnerable with God, um, you know, God already sees everything that's going on in your life. And that's a funny thing, um. But often we let shame drive us away from God, you know, we feel shame of, you know, maybe I messed up, I feel like I'm not enough now, I feel shame that I did something, whatever it is, it could be as simple as, um, you didn't actually, you know, you didn't complete a project at work as great as you could have. There's actually shame attached to that sometimes, where we're like, I feel shame now, like, I didn't actually um, measure up the way I wanted to, you know, like, my goal, what I, what I actually accomplished in my value system, like, they didn't measure up, so I feel shame, um, and we often can put ourselves away from God saying, No, oh God, like, I'm not worthy. And we do this sub- subconsciously, but, you know, God already sees all of it. He sees what you're going through and, and he wants to be close, guys. Um, you know, vulnerability is the quickest way to intimacy and connection that we all long for. Um, deep down here, every single person wants to uh, just be intimate, wants to belong, wants to feel connected with someone that they love. Um, it's just a human need that we all have. And, um, it's the quickest way for us to feel that connection with someone. Um, You know, if I want to feel connected connected with Katrina, it's not me going home and being like, yeah, babe, great day. Like, yeah, it was really cool. Let's watch some Office and go to bed. Like, that is just not what's going to build intimacy and connection in our relationship. What's going to build intimacy and connection is saying, here's actually some things that were really hard in my day. Here's some things that were really good. Um, Could you pray for me in this area? Hey, I'm going through this. Can you just, like, can you see me and just, uh, you know, can you validate? Is this an actual concern that is valid? This is where our intimacy and our connection is built, guys. Um, you know, <laughs> working out. I, I always love talking to guys who are older than me because they're hilarious, and they have always have like a really good point of view, um, uh, just about life. They're just very happy people. I mean, they need to. A lot of them really need to find Jesus, and they're like pretty vulgar actually. But I, I like hanging out with them, and I like sharing with them. They always ask what I'm doing, and I get to share that I'm a pastor, and get a. Uh, just share with them um, about Jesus but uh, one thing that I hear a lot of these guys saying is you know like they'll, they'll speak negatively with their wife you know like oh my wife was nagging me like I just wanted to go golfing last night and she didn't let me and I'm just like okay and but those you know but I notice a common theme of them always talking negatively about their spouses and uh, you know and they're trying to be funny but you know deep down I'm like actually they just want intimacy and they just want belonging and they just want connection you know, that's all they want. They actually do want that, but they have all this, um, this you know, a hardened outside where they actually um, are trying to be cool, they're trying to be tough, but deep down, every single person just wants to be loved, to be seen, and to be known. Uh, why is vulnerability so important, guys? Because it destroys fear, uh, shame and fear in our lives. Um, you know, if you want to advance in the kingdom, if you want to actually walk out the things that God has for you, you need to break out of shame and fear in your life, and it can't have any hold on your life. Um... And when we're vulnerable, it's actually saying, no, I'm not going to agree with the shame and fear. Like, I might feel with Katrina in this moment that maybe me communicating this thing is petty. Maybe it doesn't matter. Maybe it's something that I, you know, is it worth talking about? But no, I'm actually going to break free from uh, fear and shame and be vulnerable with her. You know, God, should I actually bring this to God? God, should I wrestle through this this with you? I'm actually going to overcome shame and fear and be vulnerable with you, Father, and let you into my heart to see what's going on. Um, You know, it reminds us of who we are when we feel lost. Uh, So Psalms 139, 24 here says, see if there's any path of pain I'm walking on and lead me back to your glorious everlasting ways, the path that brings me back to you. So vulnerability with God is never meant to be, um, you know, we're never meant to say, hey God, come and see my heart, see what's going on. And and God is never going to leave us there in that place. That's not the point of us being vulnerable. The point of us being vulnerable is to say, here's what's going on, Father, and he's going to lead us back to his ways, lead us back to who he's called us to be. How's everyone doing? It's good. good. You know, and it stretches us to be Christ-like because, because if we want to be a church that is Christ-like, if you want to be a person who looks like Jesus, Jesus is someone who's vulnerable, who's open, who loves people who are broken. Um, and if you want to actually have um, that relationship with people where people can open up and say, um, you know, this is actually what's going on in my life, you need to be that person first. Like, it's very... it's very um, it's a double standard for us to believe that, hey, we want people around us to open up and actually show us what's going on in their hearts, so God can move in their lives. If we're not going to be open and vulnerable and not model that, so why is authenticity so important, guys? Um, I believe it's so important because this is what the world needs. I think the world is just longing for people who are real, who are Christians who are real, who are authentic, that aren't afraid um, of actually showing who they truly are and being being funny and being free and being out there. We don't need to be so bound up in a religion, or we don't need to be bound up in a religion at all, actually. That's a better way to put it. Um, I, uh, (laughs) this is funny. Through my years of working in youth ministry, I I remember one night, like, I just had so many times where youth would call me out or they would say things, and I'm like, man, that is brutally honest and totally true and just totally brutal that you said that to me. (laughs) And uh, I remember one night, uh, there was this youth named Nico when I was in California, and um, I had planned something for the service, like this uh, part of transition that I felt like was really special, and this leader kind of shut it down. He's like, "I listen, like, I don't feel like that's what God wants to do. And, you know, outwardly, I'm like, okay, cool. But inside, I was like, okay, I worked really hard on that, and I really thought, like, that's what God wanted, and it kind of it sucked. I felt pretty bad. And so I was, like, walking around. I was trying to deal with it. Like, God, was I not hearing you? Was I just, like, you know, head in the sky? And... I. Uh, and you know, I was kind of feeling self-conscious to be totally honest. And I'm walking around, and this this youth comes up to me, and he's like, "Hey, Chris, how's it going?" And I'm like, "Yeah, it's going good, man." And, like talking to him, and you know, we're, we're chatting for a few minutes. Um, and then he looks at me right in the eyes, and he's like, "Man, you look like you're super insecure right now." And I'm like, <laughs> and "I'm like, oh." He's like, "Yeah, don't be insecure, man. That's not good. Like, just don't be." And I was like, <laughs> I was like, "Oh my gosh!" Like, I was like, "This guy just roasted me." I was like, "How did he even so?" And I just remember him saying that, and, like, I'm like, man, these youth want something that's real. Like, they see things, they, like, these youth now, like, they see through things that are fake. Like, when we have, when we're at church and we have a fake agenda or something, or we're just trying to put on a show, like, youth see that. Like, I would say probably, actually, every every generation sees that, but especially the next generation. Like, they do not want something that is fake. They do not want something that is um, showy or performance-oriented. They want something that's real. They want to encounter God. They want to actually um, experience God. They don't want something that's fake. They don't want um, something that's systematic. They want something that's real. Um, authenticity is also so important, guys, because it attracts the anointing in our lives. Um, like I shared last week, you know, you are a unique and authentic expression that God, God made you to be that no one else can be in the entire world. Like there's just there's no one that can be the person that you are, and no one can express the character of God like you do. Each of us have something to offer. Um and when we actually rest in that, when we know who we're called to be and the gifts and talents that Jesus has given us, um, that fragrance is released into the world, guys. Um, something that Bill Johnson actually really encouraged us with is, as um, he said, he's like, you know, I want you to leave school and feel comfortable with uh, your own skin. Feel comfortable in your own skin of who God has called you to be. Because so often we're just we're performing and we're trying to outperform someone Um, in our lives, someone that we know. We're trying to be someone else or something that we're not, but it's so important, guys, that we just are comfortable with who we are and and who God has called us to be. And, you know, at the end of your life, you know, at the the end of the day, too, at the end of your life, you want to look back. I want to look back and know that I was completely authentic to who God had called me to be, um, that I wasn't fake at all. Um, I remember when I first got saved, I uh, would go on Messenger, and every single person that was online, I would just blast them with the gospel. <laughs> and I had, like, a message that I would just copy and paste that was the gospel message, the salvation message. And then at the end of it, I would type something that was a little bit personal, but it usually ended up with, you know, like, hey, you're really great. It was so good to see you today. You're going to burn in hell if you don't accept Jesus. But, like, you're amazing. <laughs> and I was, don't do that. That's not a good way to share the gospel. And, uh, it's just something funny. I, I I had a pastor correct me. He's like, man, there's a better way to do that. First part good, second part not so good. I'm like, okay. Um, but one of my friends that I was doing this with, we I got in the car with him one day and we're hanging out. Um, and he looks at me and he's like, he's like, hey man, like why do you talk to me so much on Facebook about Jesus? But then when we're in person, you only do it a little bit. And I looked at him and I was like, oof. And I got just so convicted. And You know, because when I was on Messenger, it was, like, this really easy way to talk about Jesus all the time. But then in person, it wasn't that I wasn't talking about Jesus. It was just not so much, so I didn't step on his toes, right? And, but he looks at me, and he's not even Christian. He's like, man, like, why do you, why are you so, like, you know, 100% talking about all the time here and not here? He's like, I actually want you to talk about God because you're telling me so much about it. I'm excited about it, but then I'm I'm with you. Like, you hardly do it. And I felt so convicted, and I was like, like, non-Christian just slaps me in the face. Like, what are you doing, man? And, but, like, we got to actually have a really real conversation, and he ends up accepting Christ, and he's walking with God still. And, um, but, you know, the world wants something that's authentic. They want something that's real, um, something that's, you know, re- that's actually um, completely authentic that they can relate to. Um, they want to they wanna hear Jesus from your point of view and how he's changed your life. Um, my friend, my friend's actually... They own a company and they have so many people, so many contractors and workers and laborers that come to Christ, uh, because they are so real. Like they are the funniest people. They laugh. They actually have fun with people, and they're just like the—they're just such great people to be around. But they'll see like plumbers get saved, concrete people get saved, and all these people getting saved because they're actually real. And these people, they'll actually build a relationship with them and be real with them, and it's so powerful. And uh, yeah, guys, I think I'm gonna wrap up here. But before that. Um, we're just going to do a little bit of a time of just responding right now and just being vulnerable with God. Uh, worship team, if you guys could come up for just a couple minutes and play, that'd be great. Um, but I want us to get open. I want us to get vulnerable with God. And um, I want you just to put a few things, I want you to process with the Holy Spirit. Just ask him to put a few things on your heart of how you can be more vulnerable with him. Um, and maybe a few things that you need to be vulnerable with people um, in your life, whether that's your spouse or some good friends and so. Um we're going to do that for a few minutes, and I'll come up and pray, and we'll wrap up. But I'm going to pray first. Um, Father, I just thank you so much for uh, today, God. I thank you for vulnerability, Father. I thank you that you've called us to be vulnerable. You've called us to be real. You've called us to be authentic, God. Um, and I just thank you, Papa, that we can just come before you, that we can just be uh, we can be real before you, God. We can actually share our emotions with you. We can share what we're going through, Father. Um and that, Father, when we have fears, when we have things that are going on, Jesus, that you're not afraid of those things, that you're used to, you know, you, you know everything that's going in our hearts, Father. And, one, and Psalms 139 says, search me, know me, Father. Um, you know, lead me back to your everlasting ways, Jesus. And I pray that right now, Father, that we could just have a time that we would respond with you, Holy Spirit. Show us things, Father. Show us things how we, um, how maybe we're not vulnerable with you, Father, and how you want us to be more vulnerable and authentic with you, God. And Holy Spirit, I thank you so much that you love who you have created us to be, Jesus. And I pray to you during this time that people could just experience your love, God. that you love them, that you love um, who you've created them to be, Father. And uh, But yeah, I pray right now that you'd really just bring some things to light, God, how we can be more vulnerable with you and, and with the people in our lives, Jesus.